from Galatians chapter number 5 tonight. One verse, verse number 16, Sister Pam's class is going to be dismissed while we're finding our text. Sister Becky's also passing around. If you see a list going around, it's uh, updating our uh, church directory. So uh, in case we don't have your uh, up-to-date uh, name or address, or uh, not name, but a uh, number, uh, so we can keep you informed on future events or in our prayer meetings and stuff along that line if you'll help with that we appreciate it Galatians chapter number 5 1 verse this I say then walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh I want to preach on living in the spirit living in the spirit father we thank you for your word tonight and god again we pray and ask in jesus name you'll anoint us to preach what you've laid upon our heart for this service oh god i pray lord that we'll not be hearers only but god that we'll be doers of the word what we hear preach tonight you'll speak directly to our heart we'll apply it to our heart and life we'll allow it to touch us and transform us oh god by the renewing of our mind and that God will yield ourselves to your spirit. And God, that it'll be our, our prayer daily. God, to be full of the spirit and to walk and to live in the spirit of God. For only then can we be pleasing unto you. And that is our heart's desire, is to please you and to hear you say, Well done, good and faithful servant. Grant it, we pray. In Jesus' wonderful name. You love him, would you say amen? amen. Living in the spirit. In our text tonight, Again, uh, the Apostle Paul speaking to the church in Galatia says, Walk I, or this I say, then walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He uses the word walk in the Greek. It's the Greek word peripateo, uh, and it means it's used 95 times throughout the entirety of the New Testament, and it has a very clear meaning. It's a compound word, and it comes from two different words the words peri, and pateo, and peri means uh, around, or suggests the idea of encircling or encompassing. The word pateo means simply to walk. When the two words are compounded like they are in our text tonight, uh, it means to habitually walk around in one general vicinity or area. Thus the word pateo was often translated as the word live. You would take nothing away from the, the text in the Greek to say this I say then, live in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. This means that instead of walk in the spirit, the phrase in Galatians could be translated to live in the spirit. And that's a good rendering of the word peripateo as it suggests a person that has walked in one area or vicinity for so long that it's become his environment, his place of daily activity, the, the sphere or the circle that encompasses his very existence. One expositor said that the word peripateo could best be explained by thinking of a person who's walked one path for, for so long, so habitually, that he could walk it blindfolded. 
because it's his path. The place where he walks every day, where he lives and functions in his everyday life. I, I, I don't know why it came to my mind, but God spoke this to my heart in prayer on walking in the Spirit as I began to really dig in and study what it is to walk in the Spirit, then uh, God showed me what He's really saying is that we need to live in the Spirit. As I was praying on it, it just reminded me that when I was a, when I was a boy, one of my uncles told me that if I wanted to make it as a baseball player, he said, these were his exact words, he said, you will have to eat, sleep, and drink baseball. It will have to be your life for the most part. So that's what I did. I made it my life. My glove, my bat, my cleats, and a baseball. I found the position of dominance for me, and that was pitching. I practiced constantly and continuously. I read books in the school library on baseball, specifically books about pitching and pitchers, how to do it best, how to grip the ball for certain pitches, how to condition my body and my arm strength, how to condition my mind to outthink the hitter, and most importantly, how to condition my mind to repeat the same arm slot and the same motion bodily with every pitch. So much so that it becomes habit or habit forming. That I could do it without thinking that it would become a natural motion in my delivery. My goal, my personal goal that I made for myself as I began to try to hone and craft uh, the art of pitching was that if I could repeat the same motion mechanically that I should be able to throw 90 pitches out of 100 for a strike. And I, you know, within a, I think the plate's 17 inches wide. And, you know, I don't know how high to low the zone, but usually I say if you're within a, a you know, a pie plate, they're going to call it a strike. And that I should be able to throw 90 pitches out of 100 for a strike. And that's exactly what I did. I remember reading a book about Nolan Ryan, and he talked about the release point, where you let the ball go, developing the same release point every pitch. My dad came home from work one day. He was my catcher. And uh, I told him, Dad, I threw him the mitt. He got in front of our makeshift backstop. I got on my mound. We had a plate in the yard. I said, Dad, watch this. And I closed my eyes. And I went through my motion with my eyes closed. And I threw the ball and released the ball. And it popped the mitt right over the plate for a strike. He said, wow, that's great. I told him, Dad, it's not about looking at the mitt. Nolan Ryan says it's where I release the ball. That's where it's going to go every time. It was on that day, I don't know, it dawned on me that I was a pitcher. I knew how to pitch, and I, I knew what I needed to do to be a pitcher. Pear Patel is very similar 
to this way of thinking. Walking out the same path. That's right. Living in the same manner every single day. Yes, that is living in the spirit. So much so that it becomes habit forming. It becomes my way of life. I've discovered that this is the life of the Spirit of God. It's not my life. It's not your life. It's His life. Amen. It's the life of the Spirit of God, the path, the way of the Spirit. Parateo means to walk out the same pathway in the same general vicinity or area every day. That's what parapateo means. Walk in the Spirit. The Greeks use word, the Greeks would use word pictures. That's how they defined their words. And the picture was a person walking in the same path or in the same pattern every day. He said, walk in the spirit. Walk or live in the spirit every day of your life. And so in order to do that, I have to know that it's his life. It's his walk. I don't know. You know, I studied in a book how to pitch. But it's one thing to read what somebody does and then to do it yourself. It's their knowledge that they're trying to impart to you, but it has to become yours. Well, it's the Spirit of God that gives the life. Jesus said, I'm come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. It's His life. It's His Spirit. It's his walk. I've just got to allow him to live his life through me. The path, the way of the Spirit is Jesus. And Jesus is indeed the way, the truth, and the life. The Apostle Paul described it as living the life of another. Galatians 2 and 20, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Peripateo is to eat, sleep, and drink Jesus. For Jesus to become your life. That is what living in the Spirit is. <laughs> I found out I wasn't born to be a baseball player. I was born to be a child of God. I was born to be conformed to the image of God's Son. I was born yeah. that the Creator might be filled, that the creation might be filled with the Creator. That he might live in me. That's why I was born. At least I know that's why I was born again. I'm currently on the quest in my personal life. This is what I've been praying very, very much and very often. I've been praying that in my own personal life to make this my goal and ambition as a child of God to live in the Spirit. God, I want to live in the Spirit. And so I, I, I've been praying, Lord, teach me how to live in the Spirit. To be a spiritual man, to be Spiritually minded yeah. is life and peace. Right. But to be carnally minded is death. Yeah. I want to be spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, 
saying. That's not the saying. I want to put on some kind of lapel pin when I go to church and that I'm spiritual for the next hour. I want to be spiritual. Not just when I'm at church. Not just when I'm around brothers and sisters in the Lord. I want to be spiritual. I want to live in the spirit. He said, if we will, this I say then, if we walk, in the spirit, if we live in the spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Meaning you can't be spiritual and carnal at the same time. No more than you can be saved and lost at the same time. Healed and sick at the same time. Free and bad at the same time. You're either or. I want to be, if it's either or, I want to be spiritual, not carnal. I want to be saved, not lost. Healed, not sick, not bound. Full, not empty. If I'm to live in the Spirit, this is what God spoke in my heart. You want to know what it means to live in the Spirit? If I am to live in the Spirit, first I must be born of the Spirit. This is a life not for carnal men, but men born again. 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 In order to build a church or to attract a crowd, we need to talk like them, walk like them, live like them. I want to tell you to use profanity. He ain't a preacher in my book. I'm not listening to what he's got to say. But it, we're, we're the foolish belief within the assemblies that among youth pastors, we got to cuss a little if we want those cussing teenagers to be in our youth group. If you cuss a little and you're on my staff, you're going to be looking for a job. I'm born of the Spirit. And if you think that we all and get seven disciples in her, you need to read the Bible again. The Bible said who did no sin, neither was there any God found in his mouth. My Bible said, let no corrupt communication proceed forth out of your mouth. Speak words that edify, that build up, that encourage people to live for God. Listen, if I'm to live in the Spirit, First, I must be born of the Spirit. That's biblical. John 3 and 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily I accept a man born of water and spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's when you were born of your mama's womb. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. That's when you were born of Marvel not that I said unto thee, You must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh or whither it goeth. So is every one that's born of the Spirit. He said, You can't see the wind. The only way you know which way the wind's blowing is by what it touches. You know the wind's blowing and you know which direction it's blowing. For me, most of the time, there's a flag somewhere on somebody's flagpole and I know which direction the wind's coming out of because it's affecting the flag on that pole. I know which way the wind's blowing because I know which direction the, the, the tree's bending over. I know which side of my face or my head the wind is 
hitting me on. I, I can feel the wind. He said, that's the way the Spirit of God works. You'll know a man is born again. You'll see which way he's leaning. Oh, you'll see which way he's bending. You'll see the effects of the Spirit of God in and upon his life. He won't live the way he used to live. He won't talk the way he used to talk. He won't watch the filth that he used to watch. He won't talk the filth that he used to talk. If he ran around, he'll be faithful. If he was a deadbeat, he'll get a job. If he, if he didn't have any relationship with his family or his children, he'll be a better man where relationships are concerned. You don't learn this life like I learned how to pitch. You don't learn Christ like arithmetic. You don't memorize him like a poem. He's birthed in your heart by the Spirit of God. Born from above. Born of the Spirit. Born again. In Ephesians 4 17, this I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having the understanding darkened of being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of the heart, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness, but ye have not so learned Christ. Yeah. I read the Amplified in verse 20. It says, but you have not learned this from Christ. You haven't learned to walk in the flesh. You haven't learned, you know, to be turned over to lasciviousness uh, or to work all uncleanness with greediness. You didn't learn that from Christ. He said, if so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth uh, is in Jesus that ye put off concerning the former conversation that is the former life or the former lifestyle, the old man which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. That's what it is to be born again. Amen. He said you didn't learn the former life from Christ. We, we can't learn Christ like we learn a poem or learn arithmetic. We're born again. He said, you've put off. That is, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. That's what it means yeah. to put off. Amen. You've put off concerning the former conversation. The old man, the old man died. He was crucified with Christ, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed, be regenerated, or be reborn in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness, uh, you were born again, and the Bible said, the moment you were made partakers of the divine nature. That's right. You were born holy. Just as Adam was created holy, you were born holy. That's good. In the image and the likeness of the Son of God, born in his image. So if you're going to 
live in the Spirit, you first have to be born of the Spirit. Living in the Spirit is not emulating somebody else. Trying to live like them or act like them or walk like them or talk like them or preach like them or have their same morals or standards or convictions. Being born again is Jesus living in your heart. Being born again is Christ in you, the hope of glory, and he transforms you. Be not conformed unto this world, but be it transformed by the renewing of your mind. So if I'm to live in the Spirit, I need to be born of the Spirit. And in order to live in the Spirit, I need to be filled with the Spirit. You knew I was going to say that, didn't you? You just knew that after a man got born again, he needed the baptism of the Holy Ghost, didn't you? I find it to be paramount in your service unto God. Why were you saved? Well, the Lord saved me so I could go to heaven. Well, he needs to kill you then. Because nobody's going to heaven alive unless the rapture takes place today and even then we're going to be changed. Amen. <laughs> Only one man went alive and that was Elijah. The Bible said he's going to come back at the end of the tribulation and they're going to kill him. God will have to raise him up. Ain't none of us getting out alive unless we go into rapture and then we'll have to be changed. But in order to live in the Spirit, I need to be filled with the Spirit. It is paramount for our service unto God that we be filled. And the baptism in the Holy Ghost is not the apex or the climax of our experience. It is literally the starting line. It is the starting blocks with God. Tarry until you be endued with power from on high. Remain in Jerusalem. Don't preach. Don't lay hands. Don't anoint. Don't go. Don't do. Don't try. Stay until you're filled. That's not my recommendation. That's not my teaching or my, you know, uh, uh, just idea or way of doing things. That was the command of Christ to his own disciples. Ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be my witnesses. Ephesians 5 and 18, be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Somebody said, well, I got filled when I got saved. What was Paul talking about when he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believe? Because you boys sure don't preach like Pentecostals. You sure don't worship like you spirit-filled. You just don't walk with victory and seem like you have authority with God. You seem like you're lacking something. Do you know that Apollos, when they brought him to the Apostle Paul, the Bible said that he was a man who was very strong in word and very fervent in spirit. But they said, we have come to show you a more excellent way 
Didn't know anything about. He had only been baptized with John's baptism. Didn't know anything about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, yet he was a good preacher and he was leading men to God. But the Apostle Paul said there's a more excellent way. Oh, he preached about one coming. John said, there's one coming after me mightier than I, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to lose. John was a great preacher. Jesus said of men born of women, not one greater than John the Baptist, but he's the least in the kingdom of God. In other words, Jesus said, some of you won't see death till you see the kingdom come with power. And the kingdom came with power on the day of Pentecost. They were all in one place with one accord and suddenly there came a sound from heaven like as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting in cloven tongues like as a fire set upon them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. On that day the kingdom came with power. Amen. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink. Amen. He said the kingdom cometh not with observation, but the kingdom of God is within you. Be filled with the Spirit. It's not my doctrine, folk. I'm just telling you. You're going to live in the Spirit. You've got to be born of the Spirit. Right. There's not a Pentecost uh, without a Calvary. Right. We don't pervert the message of salvation. Right. Somebody said, you ain't saved if you don't have the Holy Ghost. Uh, I said, you got it backwards. Uh, you can't have the Holy Ghost yeah. uh, unless you are saved. Right. He don't fill men or women that aren't born again that haven't been bought and purchased uh, and redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. So I'm not getting the card out in front of the ox. No, no, you've got to be born again. But once you're born again, if you're going to live in the Spirit, if you're going to be a right representation of Jesus Christ, uh, wasn't Jesus full of the Holy Ghost? John said... I saw the Spirit of God descend upon him and remain on him. He said this was the Son of God. Ephesians 5 and 18, be filled with the Spirit. John 3 and 34, this is John, the Baptist testimony of Christ. For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God, for God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. You want to read that in Alabama talk? For God did not give him the spirit in measured out quantities, but God gave to Christ the spirit of God without measure. He emptied heaven and poured it in his son. He was every bit full of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah to God. John 1 and 32 and John bear record saying I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it abode on him. I knew not but he that sent me to baptize with water the same said unto me upon whom thou shalt see the spirit descending and remaining on him the same as he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost and I saw 
and bear record that this is the Son of God. I want to tell you, you can't give what you don't have. Jesus is the Son of Man. And the Son of God was full of the Spirit of God's full without measure. He said, he shall baptize you. It was on the day of Pentecost, James, or not James, but John and Peter said, such as I have, give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. Can't give what you don't have. They're not healers. They have no power, but the Holy Ghost raised that man up. Acts 2 and 4, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. John the Baptist said he'd baptize you. I tend to believe he hasn't changed. Uh, if he filled the church in the upper room 2,000 years ago, I believe he'll feel Bible way in 2022. If he filled that church, he'll feel this church. Uh, if they needed it to preach the gospel and to lay hands on the sick uh, and to convince uh, a demon-possessed generation that said our Lord and Savior that he was Beelzebub. Do you know that men called Jesus the devil? They attributed the works of God to the works of Satan. They called evil good and good evil. And it took a church full of men and women full of the Holy Ghost to convict their hearts that Jesus was indeed the Christ. Men and brethren, what shall we do? Repent every one of you and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus for the remission of sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you, to your children, all them that are far off, even unto as many as the Lord our God shall call. Somebody said to me, well, if you listen to this one or this one or this one, I said, I don't listen to any of them. I said, I got buddies I listen to. I don't know how a man lives for sending my offerings, put a whole lot of stock in what he's saying. I want to know how they live. He said, well, we listen to this one. This one costs. They don't holler and scream. You know, them preachers that holler and scream, he's talking to a man that hollers and screams all the time. Preachers that holler and scream, they preach like they're angry. And I said, so cheerleaders are angry. He said, well, no. And I said, stadium. Stadium's full of people. You gotta watch basketball or baseball or football or, you know, crowds that go to a golf course and watch them, you know, hit a golf ball into a hole on a fairway somewhere. Full of angry people. To the top of his lungs, uh, praise and worshiping God. I've seen preachers that preach mad. I've seen preachers that preach like they were ticked off at the people they were preaching to. I didn't care to hear them either. But just because a man raises his voice uh, doesn't mean he's mad. I'm mad at the devil, sure. But I'm excited about the prospect of living in the spirit, walking in the spirit, uh, laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover, preaching and seeing the lost get saved and born again, seeing a drug addict set free and delivered. I'm excited about that. All right. Amen. You know the worst way of dying is to be drugged to death. 
Somebody just humdrum through through a service, not excited, nothing to say. Oh, just drag in, drag up, and drag out. I wouldn't want to go to church if that was the case. Hey, when I went to church, man, they were shouting. I didn't have what they had. And I sure didn't accuse them of having no dead church. I didn't accuse the preachers I sat under as a boy having no dead message. No, sir, I was under conviction. I knew they knew what they were talking about. I knew they lived what they were preaching. And I knew I better get right with God. If I'm going to live in the Spirit, I need to be born of the Spirit. I need to be full of the Spirit. Also, if I'm going to live in the Spirit, I need to pray in the Spirit. Ephesians 6 and 18, praying always. Wow. Praying always. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Praying always. Praying last year, this year, and next year. And if our tarries, we're going to pray 20 years from now. We gave altar calls when I was a boy. We gave altar calls when I got saved. I've been preaching for 26, 27 years. We gave altar calls when I started preaching and we've given altar calls today. Praying always. Why preach if you're not going to let them pray? Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. Watching there until with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Praying always with all supplication and with all prayer in the spirit. Jude 1 and 20. But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. I ain't one that thinks you turn him on and off like I switch. Make a circus side show out of it. All right, I want everybody on this side of the platform to pray in English. All right, everybody over here pray in the spirit. I'd get up and walk out. I have walked out. I ain't buying it. I don't turn him on and off. He turns me on and off. I don't move the spirit. The spirit moves me. I don't lead him. He leads me. Somebody said, you know, the spirit is under the Meaning you don't yield to the spirit. He's not going to punch you and force you do what he wants you to do. The spirit is, or, or the, yeah, the spirit is subject under the problem uh, that uh, I have to yield to him in order for the spirit to flow through me. But it don't mean I control him. <laughs> oh, I wish I was preaching the general counsel of the assemblies of God tonight. I wish I was preaching an ordination service. I'm not Holy Ghost. Even though I don't turn him on and off like a light switch, I was taught fervently and often that you need to pray. And every day you need to pray until you pray through unto the Holy Ghost. I've learned being Pentecostal just like anything else. If you're not careful, you can learn how to do anything. 
I've watched a girl backslide on and off 15 or more times through the years and going to the same church preaching and preaching and preaching. Save one year, lost the next. Save one year, lost the next. Save one year, lost the next. Be lost on drugs in you know, a, 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 a simple relationship out of the bonds of marriage or matrimony. Enter into that church on conviction. Walk straight down to that altar. And the first thing out of their mouth is speaking in tongues. I got tired of it. One of the Most of the church, you know, just kind of look at each other and back off like, ah, what do you do with that? What do you say? I just got, I know what to say. I got down one night and I said, stop it. You don't need to talk in tongues. You're confusing your own children. You're confusing everybody that knows you're living in fornication and living a backslidden life. Stop it. You learned how to say that. You learned how to talk in tongues through the years. If it ain't God, then don't do it. Just that's that's plain, I know. But if I didn't say it, then my name ain't Eddie Sullivan. The pastor told me, Oh, brother, I'm so glad you said that. I said, Well, dear God, what, what else can you say? Don't come down here speaking in tongues when you ain't repented of the life you've lived. That ain't God, that's your flesh. You learn how to speak Chinese. You learn how to speak Japanese. You learn to babble in a tongue. It don't mean it's God. Amen. Good preaching. Good preaching. But I do believe that if you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, in order to live in the Spirit, you need to pray in the Spirit. You need to pray until you pray through. The Apostle Paul said, I will pray with my understanding and I will pray in the Spirit. Didn't he say it? He said, I'll sing with my understanding and I'll sing in the Spirit. I believe prayer and I believe worship is two of the most spiritual things you'll do. And if you live in the Spirit, then the Spirit ought to inhabit your prayer life and inhabit your worship. You ought to worship until you feel what you're, what you're singing. Yeah. You ought to worship until the one you're worshiping comes down and runs chill bumps up and down your back. Makes you want to kick your leg, throw your hand up in the air, or shout glory. I'm yeah. just trying to get them stirred up. Uh-uh. I just want to sing like I feel what I'm singing. Yes. I want to sing giving glory to the one I'm singing about. And if he likes it, you're not going to outgive God. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord, bless the Lord. And the Lord gets blessed and he says, no, bless Sullivan. Woo! Bless me, bless you. And when I bless the Lord and he blesses me, you can't see what he's doing. You can only see what I'm doing. You let my hand reach up into the third heavens uh, and I touch him and he touches me and I feel the touch of God. Something's going to happen in old Sullivan. You're going to know that old boy. God. Sure ain't up here for no exercise. Not up here to hear myself sing. That's for sure. 
Too many other people sing better than you. Oh, but if you're going to pray, get pray in the Spirit. If you're going to pray, pray in the Holy Ghost. Please pray through. Pray till the Holy Ghost comes. They were in that dungeon in that innermost prison. The Bible said prayers not prison walls down are not mealy mouth prayers. Prayers that knock bars down. Prayers that break stops and loose fetters. That's Holy Ghost praying. That's praying that God gets involved with. That's singing all oh, that, that shakes the chandeliers. That's worship that touches the throne. Of God. We're going to live in the Spirit. We need to be born of the Spirit. We need to be full of the Spirit. We need to pray in the Spirit. We should worship in the Spirit. Philippians 3 and 3. For we are the circumcision. Which worship God in the Spirit. And rejoice in Christ Jesus. And have no confidence in the flesh. The Jews boasted that they were the circumcised. They had the covenant of Abraham. Paul said, we are the circumcision of God. Right. Our covenant is with Christ. Right. We're children not of Abraham. We're children of God. Amen. He said, we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit. Jesus told the woman of Samaria, he said, you worship, you know not what. We know who we worship because worship is of the Jews. He said, well, I just know that when the Messiah comes, he'll teach us all about worship, whether we need to worship on this mountain or on that mountain. He'll teach us all we need to know about worship. He said, lady, he said, the man you talking to, I'm him. <laughs> and he said, the hour has come, or he said, the hour cometh and now is when they that worship God must worship him in spirit and in truth. Yes. You don't know how to worship God if you're not born again. I know because I was a boy singing these songs. And it was just words. It wasn't worship. Page 235. Once like a bird in prison I dwelt. No freedom from my sorrow I felt. But Jesus came and listened to me. Glory to God, he set me free. Yes. Come on. Yes. I ain't worship unless he sets you free. Right. He that the Son has made free is free indeed. When a born again man worships God in spirit and in truth, something in that place is going to happen. I sang one of my favorite songs tonight. Keep on the firing line. If you're in the battle for the Lord and the right, keep on the firing line. 
If you win, my brother, surely you must fight. Keep on the firing line. There are many dangers that we all must face. If we die fighting us, no disgrace. Coward in the service, he'll find no place. Keep on the firing line. You must fight, be brave against all evil. Never run or even lag behind. If you win for God and the right, keep on the firing line. One of the first times God ever moved in me, through me, or for me. We were at Hill Springs Assembly. That's where my grandpa, that's the church he was out of years ago. That's where God saved him and called him, filled him. Well, Brother C.D. Cawley was preaching revival up there for Brother Stewart. Brother Tim said, I got to go and carry Dad. He's preaching revival up in McIntosh. Or, yeah, McIntosh. I said, where at McIntosh? He said, for Brother Stewart. I said, at Hill Springs Assembly. He said, yeah. He said, you know where that's at? I said, no. That's where my grandpa's from. He said, yeah, your aunt leads the worship there. I said, yeah, Aunt Callie. My grandpa's sister, she led worship. She was over 90 years old. She's the worship leader in the church. I said, I want to go. He said, well, man, you sure welcome to go, sir. It was on a Friday night. We, we piled up in the church van. We went. They were worshiping God. And the Holy Ghost had moved. They had sat down. Brother Carly had looked in his Bible and it would stir up. They'd go to worshiping God. He'd back away from the pulpit People weeping and crying, speaking in tongues. And he just stopped and said, somebody in here has the key to this service, but you're not obeying God. God's waiting on you. I was sitting out there, you know, new in the Lord. I'd been filled with the Holy Ghost, but I don't know nothing about obeying the Spirit. But I felt the Lord saying unto me, I want you to sing. I said, oh, God. I never sung in front of nobody but Sister Kim. Oh, God, don't let me have to sing. And the Lord said, I want you to sing. I said, oh, Lord, I, I, I don't think I can sing. I don't, I don't even know how I would sing it or what it's going to sound like. Brother Collins said, who is it? Who is it? God's telling you to do something. You're not obeying the Lord. My old hand raised up. He said, Brother Eddie, he said, what is it? Lord's telling you to do what you ain't doing. I said, Lord wants me to sing. Brother Tim's, their, their piano was on this side. He was sitting behind the piano. His eyes got that big around. I'm like, Caleb, I don't even talk, much less sing. He said, praise God. Come on up here, son, and sing. I come walking nervous as, as a sheep up the platform. He's stretching the mic toward me. And Brother Tim said, what you going to say? I said, Jesus, hold my hand. He said, what key you going to sing it in? I said, I don't know. I didn't know there was a key. Never sang in my life. And you want to know what key I'm going to sing it in? I've never sang this song in my life other than singing it in the congregation. I'm going to sing it in whatever key we always sing it in. He said, well, you just start singing and I'll I'll just start play. I'll find the key and start play. Man, there was an old man that came in there. He looked to be in his 70s, 80s. But he was an elderly gentleman. He'd come in, you know, just feeble, walking behind a cane. He was all the way in the back. He'd had him a little 
came in with a little top hat on. He had set it down, but he couldn't even stand and worship while we were worshiping just a feeble, elderly man. I got to sing. I sang through that first verse. I got to the chorus. And I want to tell you, the one I was singing about, Jesus, hold my hand. He grabbed a hold of my hand. Mercy. And then people stood to their feet and started worshiping God. And I felt led not to go into the second verse, but just to sing that chorus again. I just kept right on the scene. And I was looking. I looked at that old man. Stood up in the back. Raised that little old feeble hand up and it went to waving. The longer we sang and the more the Holy Ghost came down, that old man got that cane. He took about two steps out that center aisle and up over his head that cane went. He started coming down that center aisle waving that cane in a circle around his head. And when he got to the to the front here, he took that cane, he threw it up on the platform and took off running. That place went up in smoke, I'm telling you. Oh my God, we worshiped and shouted and praised God. The Holy Ghost fell. Brother Carly came to me at the end of the altar service, patted me on the back and said, I sure am glad that you obeyed God. Brother Tim looked at me with eyes that big. He said, I had no idea that you could sing. And I said, neither did I. But if you're saved and if you're full of the Holy Ghost and if you're going to live in the Spirit, there's going to be a time throughout the day you ought to pray in the Spirit. And if you pray in the Spirit, he said you ought to be able to worship in Spirit and in truth. Worship ought to be alive. Worship, you ought to feel something when yes. you're singing about the one you've been praying to. Yes, yes, well, I just don't want people to think that I'm in the flesh. The life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I ain't up here doing the Holy Ghost. I, hey, the first church I pastored, they had sang that song. I could sing 10,000 songs. How you saved my soul. You remember that one? Yeah. Brother Dan said, no, you weren't saved then. <laughs> you wasn't even saved. <laughs> Thank God I was. Well, Brownsville made that one real popular. Church I pastored. Man, that was a popular song. And they'd get to one spot. They'd say, it makes me want to shout. And everybody shout. And it'd make me want to dance. Hey, they were teens. They were exuberant. My girls, we were new. I looked over at them. And they were, they were going through the motion. I looked at them and I said, no, no, no. Not that I don't want them to be exuberant. Not that I don't want them to... Shout. It makes me want to shout. It makes me want to dance. But if you dance, I don't want to lead you in it. If you shout, I don't want to be the one to tell you when to shout. I don't want it to be choreographed. I want it to be the Holy Ghost. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
I, I, I did a lot of things backwards, I'm telling you. I didn't like it, and I, I, I busted up stuff that shouldn't have been busted up. You hear me? I went back and made apologies for all that. I just did things the wrong way. Didn't know how to do things. I look back on it now and say, Lord, I may still be there if I wasn't so stupid. <laughs> it may have worked if it wasn't for me. I repented. I'm sure they did too. Wasn't none of us perfect. We just there together trying to serve the Lord. But I'm, I'm still on this plane spiritually that ain't nobody going to tell you when to shout. Hey, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. He deserves praise all the time. Yes, but I ain't praised him to put on no show. That's right. Amen. Woo! That's right. Somebody run a lap around the building for me. If I if the Lord tells me to run a lap around the building and I run, somebody says, Woo-wee, brother, it is feeling God tonight. But I ain't running to move no crowd. I ain't running to impress nobody. I'm not, if the Lord lays a message on my heart to preach on hell and it's Easter, I'm preaching hell. I'm not preaching Easter because it's a day on a calendar. You've got to be led by the Spirit. We're born in the Spirit, filled with the Spirit. We pray in the Spirit and we worship in the Spirit. i got to quit. I preach this all night. This is fun. I love preaching about the Spirit of God. <clears throat> Ephesians 5 and 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. We're spiritual people. When we sing spiritual songs and get to worshiping in the Spirit, I don't care if it upsets the apple cart. We're spiritual people. Amen. Amen. We've had a lot of nominal Christians in here that I believe are just as saved as I am. You hear me? I'm not of the persuasion that somebody's Baptist ain't born again. I've met some Baptist people that I know born again. I mean, they live pure. Holy lives. They were taught this baptism of the Holy Ghost not, not currently readily available. That's what they were raised in. And I've had some of them hang around me long enough and they thought better of it. I prayed for them and they've got the baptism of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Sister Becky's sweet mama comes in here. She's Methodist through and through. But I think she would think something wrong with me if she came to Bible way and I was trying to preach like a Methodist or worship like a Methodist. She knows what I am. Amen. <laughs> and unbelievably don't hold it against me. <laughs> We're people of the Spirit. And then last, we should be one. In the spirit. We're going to live in the spirit. And you and I should be one in the spirit. Colossians 2 and 5. For though I be absent in the flesh, yet I am with you in the spirit. 
joying and beholding your order and the steadfastness of your faith in Christ. The Apostle Paul said, I'm not in Colossae. I'm in Macedonia or I'm in Ephesus or I'm in Pergamos or I'm in Thyatira. I'm not there with you, but I'm there with you in spirit as you're standing steadfast in your faith for Christ, I'm with you. Me and Brother Reuben, we're seldom together. Seldom ever. Used to be once a year, and that's once every few years. But we talk every month. I am with you. I am with the Bethesda Pastors Fellowship. I am with East Lee Disciples Temple. As you steadfastly seek and serve and worship God, I with you. We're one in the Spirit. One in the Holy Ghost. One in our faith. That's the way it ought to be in a Spirit-filled life. This I say then, curse This I say then, walk ye in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of flesh. Peripatel, this I say then, live in the spirit and you will not fulfill lust of the flesh. We need to leave the carnal realm. Dual citizenship Somebody lives part-time in one country, part-time in the other. The Lord said, you need dual citizenship. I know some missionaries just becoming of the country where they serve because it's so bad here. Spiritually. Lord, leave that old man that for conversation, put it off. Leave that carnal realm and live in the spirit. You know what comes along with the carnal realm? Fear, worry, anxiety, heartache, heartbreak, panic, depression, all that stuff. Walking in the Spirit. Love. Joy. Peace. Long-suffering. Gentleness. Goodness. Faith. Meekness. Temperance. Man, sounds better to me. I'd rather live in the Spirit than I had in the flesh. Probably live longer. If we live in the Spirit, I know we'd live better. I know our life would be more blessed. I'm just telling you, it's been my fear. God help me consistently, habitually, every day. Help me to live in the Spirit. I want to be a spiritual man. And I need the Lord to help me do it. 
Would you join me in the altar tonight and make that your prayer? Lord, I want to live in the Spirit. I want to walk in the Spirit. I want to pray in the Spirit. I want to worship in the Spirit. I want to be one with my brother, my sister in the Spirit. 